Over the past weeks in the season of Advent, we've talked about Jesus' arrival. And one of the phrases that I've been using, and I've borrowed this from someone else along the journey, is that Jesus comes to us in history, mystery, and majesty. History, mystery, and majesty. And so in this season of Christmas, I thought, well, let's continue to welcome the one who has arrived in our midst as we believe that the retelling of the Christmas story and the power of the Spirit births Christ anew in our midst. I'm going to quote some of the uh, carols that we've sung over the past several weeks to help us reflect in this season of Christmas. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. And God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his calling, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. I hope you have a meek soul sitting near you, or I hope you're feeling like a meek soul, because the promise here is that meek souls will encounter this living Christ. Jesus comes to us in history, mystery, and majesty. So I wanted to dwell with those words for just a few minutes each. History. Jesus, in fact, did come. And so that's good news, right? Because I don't want to rain too much on your parade or snow on your parade. But when we read through our Bibles, not all of it is historically provable. I know for some of you that might blow your minds, but... Uh, Some of those stories in the Old Testament, we don't necessarily have all the artifacts and proofs to prove that all those stories were exactly as they were told in some parts of our Bible. Now, I say that to encourage you in 2020 to read your Bible a little closer, all right? Some of that stuff can't always be proven. Which gives rise to a host of other questions, but we're not going there. The good news is that Jesus comes in history. Like, Jesus came. He uh, was born in humble digs. Even in today's text, we read that in those days, there was this decree from Emperor Augustus, who was a real person, while Quirinius was governor, also a real person. Jesus comes in history. And I'm always pleased in that season before Christmas that so many of the magazine covers in December and January have pictures of Jesus. Because Jesus, in fact, did come in history. And so for those of us who feel like Jesus' followers are getting persecuted or muted, I I don't see it. Even our prime minister, I was reading his Christmas message, he says, Merry Christmas, Canada. Today, our family joins Christians everywhere to celebrate the birth of Christ. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Our prime minister, this believer in Jesus, this Jesus who actually showed up in history. So he comes in history, but he also comes in mystery. Yes, the, the coming of Jesus was this factual, historical event, but it's accompanied by mystery. And even 
the, sister, uh, the, the song that my sister Rochelle and John sang. Mary, did you know when you kissed your baby, you kissed the face of God? What? How can that be? Another favorite hymn of mine that kind of brings this out in a contemplative way. I wonder as I wander out under the sky how Jesus the Savior did come for to die for poor ordinary people like you and like I. I wonder as I wander out under the sky. This was the mystery that the early church pondered and proclaimed after Jesus rose from the dead. This man who was God, who was with God in the beginning, who became human and dwelt among us. That's what we talk about at Christmas. John chapter 1, Jesus moved into the neighborhood of our lives. But then he laid down his life for all of humankind. And then miracles of miracles and mysteries of mysteries, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus beat the powers of death. This new creation... Christ in you, Christ in me. When Paul the Apostle writes about it, he says, this is a mystery, but it's also the hope of glory. And the early church was having their minds blown, their hearts transformed as they they sought to embrace this truth, this hope, this world-changing, cosmos-changing news. But it's still a mystery. And 2,000 years later, yes, we say Jesus came, but the mystery of his coming, his living, his dying, his rising can't fully be explained. And so for us Christians, there's a billion of us on the planet, this is where we choose to live by faith and not by sight. The Apostle Peter, when he writes to the early church, says it this way, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's this mysterious Christ-believing life that we live as followers of Jesus. Jesus comes in history, he comes in mystery, but he also comes in majesty. His coming, though mysterious, is majestic. And our response is to be praise and worship. That Christmas carol in the bleak midwinter. What shall I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. Christmas is a great opportunity for us to renew our hearts in worship of the majestic one. We're reminded of Jesus' humble beginnings. But we're also, we learn that this isn't a power move. It's this act of grace and mercy and humility where Jesus comes as a child And we read in Isaiah the prophets that a little child will lead them, the people of God. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on them. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge. 
Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist. Faithfulness, the belt around his loins. His dwelling shall be glorious. And these words of the prophet speak to God's people. And thousands of years later, they speak to us. And they prompt us to worship in response to this child who will lead us and lead them. Isaiah continues, Say in that day that surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy draw waters from the wells of salvation. Sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Sing aloud and sing for joy. Since we're a a smaller gathering this morning, I love how the light is beaming down on a few of you in the pews there. It's it's glorious. The true Christians (laughs) sitting to my left with the glory of the Lord shining upon them. Jesus comes in history, mystery, and majesty. I thought, why don't we just take a few minutes to ponder. Maybe there was one of those words that really came alive for you in the final days of Advent, or maybe in these early days of Christmas. Is it the history piece? Is is that fact that Jesus, yeah, this real person dwelt among us? Was that kind of blowing your mind in these days, or maybe it's the mystery, maybe um, you were in a more contemplative space, and just that mystery and awesomeness of Jesus' arrival was moving for you, or maybe it's the majesty piece, this, this piece where um, worship has been kindled anew in your heart, and you thought, wow, this great God, this humble God, and what is my response to be? And hopefully it's worship. And that's why you're here, even this day and in the coming weeks. So I want you to ponder that just for 15 or 20 seconds. Is is one of those words um, one that has really captured your attention in these days? History, mystery, majesty. Because as you reflect on your encounter with this living God through the face of Christ, we also have a Christmas work to do. And what might that be in the days ahead? If it's true that Jesus has come in history, mystery, and majesty, then what's our response in the days ahead? And I might invite you in the midst of the reading of this morning of the shepherds and Mary to maybe share of how that encounter is going. And maybe you were amazed, like the shepherds were, or maybe you're in kind of that treasuring mode 
Mary treasured these things? Or maybe you're in that pondering mode, pondering. And I invite you to live out of those places. If you're amazed about this living Jesus, then share that with someone or bless someone with the truth of that. Uh, Maybe if you're treasuring what God's doing in your heart, that too is something that you can share in these days of Christmas. Or ponder anew. I was thinking of that hymn, Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. So we have a great work to do in this Christmas season, and maybe we ought to run with the shepherds. I have a reading in your bulletin from Frederick Beekner, and we'll close with this. I'm going to start into that first paragraph a bit. We all tore off across that muddy field like drunks at a fair. And drunk we were, crazy drunk, splashing through a sea of wings and moonlight and the silvery wool of the sheep. Was it night? Was it day? Did our feet touch the ground? You'll wake up my guests, said the innkeeper we met, coming in the other direction with his arms full of wood. And when we got to the shed out back, one of the three foreigners who were there held a finger to his lips. At the eye of the storm, you know, there's no wind. Nothing moves. Nothing breathes. Even silence keeps silent. So hush now, hush, there he is. You see him? You see him? By almighty God, brothers, open your eyes. Listen. Let us be amazed, let us treasure, let us ponder, let us listen. And I'll give you 30 or 40 seconds more of silence to ponder anew what the Almighty can do.